Pension Inspection presents Going Ultra! This is MJ. I'm an author, I'm an artist, I'm an analyzer. Find all my work at mjmunoz.com. Welcome to Going Ultra. Visit mjmunoz.com slash gu for notes and links. And don't forget to subscribe, like, share, and comment to help me grow. SSSS.Denazanon, episode 12, originally aired June 18th, 2021. It was entitled, What Was I Entrusted With? The title of my analysis is Irreplaceable Bonds. This is Going Ultra, episode 30. The writer for this episode is Keichi Hasegawa. The director is unknown to me at this moment. Uh, hopefully it'll be in the show notes, but maybe it won't be because the wiki I've been looking at hasn't had it in the last few episodes. So I'm going to go ahead and jump right into the static. I would have appreciated more time after the time jump. Like, I think there was about 10 minutes. Uh, I don't know. It could have been four or five at the most. Um, yeah, it actually felt like more, more like four or five. I would have loved for them to dwell a little bit more on the lives of the Denazanon four who are left uh, after, um, after everything that happened because, uh, you know, I'm really invested in these characters. I want to know what's going on with them. But something that bothered me um, that was a bigger, uh, you know, static issue is that there was really no resolution of the princess. Um, I liked, uh, you know, Galma was like, yeah, I didn't come back after 5,000 years to, you know, have an easy time and live an easy life. I'm here to, you know, do whatever. And he wanted to basically die for the sake of Koyomi. Um, I guess Chise to a smaller extent, but I mean, the whole world, but like he was fighting for at the end there before he, you know, died. Uh, or whatever happened to him, which we'll talk about later, uh, for Kuyomi, uh, Yume, and, uh, and Yamogi. So, I don't know, it's a little hard to tell, you know, what was going on, but, um, like, his story is unfinished, and I don't like that. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I'm just kind of not okay with that. There was a real resolution at the end of uh, SSSS.Gridman, and it's a little lacking here, honestly, um, even though I, I like what happened here. Uh, so, anyway, moving on to the sizzle. Sizumu's kaiju growing and changing by eating the others was so cool. It's the culmination of a theme the show has been building up over time. The uh, rapid cycling through of combinations to beat the combined might of Sizumu and the others was awesome to behold. I really loved it. Uh, I actually watched this with my family and my kids. One, I can't remember who it was, but they were wowed by the combination changes. One of them said, does this robot just keep getting better and better? And I said, yes, this giant robot does just keep getting better and better. Because uh, it, uh, it was super dope. And the funny thing is they started it off with the, uh, you know, Grid Knight Kaiser, blah, 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 the, like, you know, most epic form or whatever, with his majestic cape and all that. But, um, you know, they kind of left that alone and then went back to it and cycled through, and that was all really exciting stuff to see. Anyway, the just the visuals of the fighting were really cool, uh, and I really loved all that stuff. So, yeah, moving on to the soul. <clears throat> Kuyomi talking about how the situation is the same, uh, as he's running towards the danger, uh, but he has changed, or he had changed, is uh, so strong. I talked about that a few episodes back, not just with Kuyomi, but with everybody, basically. Uh, but seeing that spelled out by him was really cool. Uh, having the time jump drive that home was even more exciting. Yume and Yamogi have their scars, or having their scars, and their little exchange about it was so great. Uh, I love the themes of change and growth in the show. They're inspiring without being preachy. I think it's very well done. Um... It's interesting. I believe it's summer, which is when the summer festival happens. I don't know what kind of summer vacation uh, they get in Japan. But she say I noticed she's not wearing her armband, so that's an issue of change with her. But she's got that dragon tattoo or whatever. That I don't know how a little kid has a tattoo, but whatever. Um, maybe that's part of the larger uh, thing with why she's not in school and was bullied and whatever. But we'll, maybe we'll find that. Who knows? Maybe. Oh, 
Oh, oh, well, I've got to, I just have, I've got to add something to my speculation ad hoc. But like, I would have loved to see more uh, with her. And I'm not sure what her change was, other than she's physically just not wearing that thing. But she still seems to be a little bit of a, a bratty kid. But, you know, it's hard to tell how old she's supposed to be. Like, I mean, I'm just going to be frankly brutal. Like, she she feels like she's lolly bait to me. But then again, um, like, uh, like, she has no curves, really, except for when it's convenient. Like, when she was in bed and Goldburn uh, appeared first, and she was, like, kind of shocked. There looked to be, like, you know, curvature of breasts. Um, but, like, you know, I believe uh, in the way things lollies are done, it's, you know, they have those sorts of physical features when it's uh, convenient for them to have them and then they go away when they're not to maintain the, you know, childish aesthetic or whatever, uh, which again is a thing I don't really get. So anyway, uh, moving on from that, um, you know, we could have seen more with her and that, that goes back to my complaint. We could have seen more with her. We could have seen more with Kaomi. I was shocked. I was thinking, who is that guy? And I even said, I don't know who that guy is. And then I realized, oh, that's Koyomi not being a neat anymore. He, he trimmed his hair. He's in a suit instead of his, you know, leisure, athleisure wear. And the guy's, you know, trying to get things done. Uh, like, this is not really in my notes, but I'll say it anyway. I love the fact that uh, Tachibana-san is the one who got him a job after he failed 21 interviews. <laughs> I'm just so tickled by that. But it's cool because, like, he saved his life, right? You guys remember this? He saved Tachibana's life, even though he kind of didn't want to. He's like, oh, this guy was dead. And, like, Tachibana kept calling him, like, Yamato and all these other names that weren't his name as opposed to Kiyomi. Um, and uh, uh, when they were out together with his wife uh, and, you know, the, you know, Yomogi Senpai, whatever, at the, at the convenience store. Anyway, I can never remember her name for some reason. Anyway, um, I really liked that. Uh, you know, he ended up saving him and there was that big character moment where he didn't run away from something. And then we had that kind of echoed in the, the episode with the, the memories the other day or, you know, previously. And uh, then like we get to see him being actively heroic and like taking his most big steps of he's running towards people to save stuff. And he hops into uh, I can't remember what he, I, I want to call it Dino Racer, but I know that's not what it is. Um, but anyway, uh, I just I love that. I love seeing the, the change in them and like, you know. I guess each of the, those four characters has a physical change to them. Uh, Yamogi and Minami have their scars, which, um, anyway, I, I, her, the, her, you know, her scar being on her thigh, it's very convenient for, uh, you know, showing off those legs, uh, like some, some people like to do. Um, and I mean the animators, not the characters or people themselves, but anyway. Um, but uh, anyway, her having, her having the scar there uh, and Yamogi having a scar on his hand and then uh, Chisei removing the, the sleeve so you can see the tattoo or whatever she's got on her arm. And then, you know, Koyomi's hair being different now. Uh, this, I really love how they're, um, how, you know, how they have this physical change to them that's reflective of, you know, something deeper. And, you know, it goes back to the beginning of the series with, you know, scarred, what is it? Scarred souls shine like stars. That was the SSSS at the beginning of the show, supposedly. And I talked about these being damaged uh, and messed up people before. And, uh, you know, we definitely got to see that, but despite their damage, not because of it, but despite their damage and, and you know, holding on and, and toughing it out, they're able to be, you know, these heroes who save their world, which, uh, I'm going to move on to speculation now. I think Galma's still alive and he will be part of the Grid Knight Alliance in the next series. I'm going to say by the, by how different Anti, uh, I'm sorry, Knight looks from, uh, Anti, I'm going to say it's been five years or like six it's definitely not been two years i think it's been closer to six years also uh the second um you know anesthesia the second looked like a little girl and you know this looks like a, a young woman uh who's you know developed and whatnot um she, she's much taller so is auntie um just 
I definitely think that these characters are supposed to be like a good amount of years older. So, uh, with that, I'm gonna I'm gonna spin this into my next section of or you know next bit of speculation, also not in my notes, which is that uh, Chise may be involved with the Grid Knight. Um, I'm sorry, <laughs> the Denazanon Gridman crossover, whatever the third installment in the uh, SSSS Gridman universe, and I would love to see that. Um, I'd love to see her uh, aged up and um, see her mature as a, you know, see her mature a little bit, uh, still have some room to grow so we get to see more of an arc from her. Because, like, you know, I asked if she was a fifth wheel before and I said I didn't think she was. Uh, she did have utility, but, you know, a fifth wheel can have utility in a, you know, in, <laughs> in physicality, in real life. But her being a fifth wheel, you know, socially or, or by the story, maybe she was. Um, but she doesn't have to be. And the fact that she had that connection with Goldburn. Uh, is really cool. I, I mean, I have affection for Goldburn, and it's been around for like two or three episodes. And uh, you know, the whole thing with her yelling to him, you know, I, you know, I love you, and you know, you're my best friend, and all this stuff as he's going away, uh, just hit like, so many, you know, so many good chords, and it was such a great emotional impact that I'd love to see her come back and maybe see a, a development or evolution of Goldberg where she is able to pilot him finally, and like having perhaps maybe even a deeper connection with him. Um, and, you know, so that gets me on to my next bit of speculation. Uh, what is this world that they are in? And who are all these worlds connected to? Um, I have a confession to make. I uh, found on a certain website all, like, 40 episodes or 50 episodes or whatever it was of uh, Super Samurai Cyber Squad. And I watched the first episode of it. First of all, it charmed me. <laughs> I don't know why, but it did. Um, and I'm actually going to, as an addendum to... Uh, going Ultra. I'm, I'm going to talk about that show soon. I got to catch up on my uh, on my Ultraman Z first, and then I'm going to come back uh, uh, in a little while, and uh, I'm going to ask you if you've been checking out these SSSS uh, Denazanon uh, analysis uh, analyses that I've been doing. Come back for for me talking about Cyber Squad because there's there's some interesting stuff there that I'd like to discuss, uh, and I think it'll be fun. So anyway, um, but you know they talk about in that show. And there's this whole digital world created by the fact that there are computers and electronic devices and stuff, and there's this whole parallel world. And we got to see that with Akane Shinjo that, um, from SSSS.Gridman, that she was this person who had an awakening uh, into the real world at the end of that series. Sorry, big spoilers for SSSS.Gridman, but you should have watched it already, right? Uh, but still, it's so worth it to go back and, and see the whole thing. Um, but she had an awakening, and she woke up from her dream and had to face her world on her own. So... My question is, with all the damage that was happening in this show, are they on the grid somehow, like uh, her little town was, or her little section of Tokyo or whatever, in her dream? Is this someone else's dream that they're having? Uh, or all these all real people? Because they, they never went back to talking about the moral implications of all these people being dead. And then again, if, you know, if Yomogi is the mummy from episode 18 of, uh, of uh, the hyper-aging Gridman, or Gridman the Hyper Agent, whichever it's called. Um, what does that mean? Uh, not Yamogi, of course. I mean, uh, <laughs> Gauma. Although it was funny that he was dressed up as a, as a mummy at the end there. Um, so maybe, uh, I don't know what that means. Uh, is he somehow taking over the, the role that, that Gauma served? Who knows? Could have just been to be cute and funny. But anyway, um, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Is he an actual mummy from 5,000 years ago? And is all this happening somewhere in a computer? I, I, I couldn't really say. Um, I like the fact that there's different worlds. It almost makes me think of like maybe different servers have different, uh, you know, digital worlds with people on them that need help or, or having issues. Um, 
But I don't know. I, I'm wondering if we'll even get more into the, the nature of kaiju and what they are, even though they're you know supposedly not understandable and they don't make any sense. They defy all logic. Um, but I just, I don't know. I want to know more what that means. And, and maybe it always needs to remain a mystery. Maybe it, it can be defined, but maybe that will or won't happen in uh, season three or whatever they're going to call the next uh, you know, Gridman Universe series. So anyway, I loved the show. It was fantastic. You know, I got a little emotional at the end. I definitely got more emotional at the end of Gridman. Um, but, uh, you know, that's okay. It's not a, uh, it's not a crying contest. I don't need to cry more in one than in the other to, to really like it. Uh, I like both shows a lot and, uh, I don't know. I don't really have much else to say. So I'm going to go ahead and, uh, wrap up right about there. So, uh, oh, you know what? I totally forgot about the, uh, the speculation section, or not the speculation, but the debate, the debate section. What, what do I have to say? Uh, what is the point of the kind of absolute freedom season advocates? That's my question. Now, uh, I'm just going to tell you this. I gave this episode a four out of five, not a five out of five. Uh, as both an episode and the cap off of the series, it still leaves some questions, uh, you know, dangling, some threads dangling that I feel like should have been tied up. Uh, what's up with the, the princess? That's one big thing I want to know. And uh, why no mention of the collateral damage? That, um, Koyomi and Chisei visit a school that's all wrecked, and it looks like it's going to be you know repaired at some point. Um, but so it seems like it's real damage happening in a real world, and it's not just being fixed, like with the you know absence uh, ab reaction, so or instance ab reaction rather uh, from Gridman. So I I don't know what that means, and I, I really wonder if it means there's something deeper and, and more mystical going on. And uh, part of the reason I, I brought up um, Super Samurai uh, Cyber Squad is because the look of the grid um, that it, the look of the grid is like where they got inside of uh, for the final battle in Gridman and then uh, where uh, Suzumu and uh, and Yamogi were talking at the end of this episode. Um, and we've glimpsed it before too. So like there is this grid reality that's going on and I don't know what that means. I don't know uh, where it is or what level it's on or anything like that. So that's, that's all pretty interesting. But anyway, like I said, this was a good show. Uh, I, I think I already basically explained why it was good enough, and I just told you why I didn't like it. There's, you know, en enough questions that are unanswered that I wasn't satisfied with how they weren't answered, um, and that bothered me. Also, uh, I don't know. The, something about that scene where Yamogi and Minami are, or Yume are walking on the bridge, and it just took so darn long, uh, like, eh, I don't know. I don't need Cinema Veritas. I'm, I'm watching anime, guys. I'm not watching, uh, you know, foreign films or whatever uh, to get, you know, real life in my, in my stuff. But, you know, I appreciate most of what uh, I don't know how many tr uh, Studio Trigger shows I've seen, but I think of everything I've seen, I've always enjoyed it, and I've always liked how wacky and experimental they, they get from time to time. Um, of course, not that Studio Trigger is a monolith, it's made up of people, and it's those individual people who make the contributions and really matter as far as storyboarding and directing and, you know, the kind of uh, heart that they pour into the animation. Not that the uh, writing and, and directing doesn't have anything to do with that, but it's all, it's all interrelated, and it's all, uh, you know, it all matters. So, you know, I don't want to neglect that, really. So, anyway... Going back to the question, what is the, the point of the kind of absolute freedom season with advocates where you're just, like, destroying everything? I don't know. To me, there is no point. Um, power only matters in, in so much as uh, it is a tool, and uh, all tools should be used for the flourishing of, of humankind. And, you know, what is the flourishing of humankind? That's a theological, uh, uh, metaphysical question you're going to have to answer on your own. I, I can't give you those answers. Uh, if you want, you can ask me, and I'll share with you, but I'm not going to spout at you and tell you what I think is the right way. But basically, um, you have to limit power. The, the, the one who has to limit power is you, 
and you have to do it because uh, you can pretend to be turned on power, but like if you have all this power and you just destroy everything, then there's nothing left for you to do. There's no one left for you to interact with. And I don't know, what's the point of living at that point? You may as well just turn that, well, I'm not gonna say that. Um, that just, that doesn't make sense. If you, take it, if you take it through to its logical conclusion, all that freedom and all that power has to be used for some constructive purpose. Otherwise, it's, uh, that's wasted potential. Um, if you can restrain yourself, I think that's true power. And I think if you can restrain yourself uh, and restrain your, your own freedoms in, in certain areas, um, you'll be living a, a morally, you know, not superior, but you'll be living a moral life. And I think there's more uh, joy uh, to be had out of that. And I think you'll, you and others around you will flourish in that. And I think that's the kind of, uh, I think that's what you want ultimately. You know, some people want to wield their power and their freedom to lord it over others and take everything for themselves. But I don't think that's the effective way to do it. And I'm not arguing from a utilitarian standpoint that you should be kind and loving and uh, generous and forgiving and all these, you know, good moral things and be noble uh, for the sake of having stuff. But it is a consequence that if you're, um, it's not ignoble, right? That's the wrong word. If you're the opposite of noble um, and you want to be a tyrant uh, with your freedom and oppress others, then ultimately you're going to cause the destruction of everything because that's an unsustainable cycle. It's an unsustainable system. It's like trying to feed yourself by uh, eating rocks or drinking gasoline. Eventually it will kill you, uh, even if it has, even if it takes a while and, you know, it slowly degrades you. Um, maybe more, it'd be more like living off of Red Bull and, uh, and Cheetos or something. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not an expert on all these sorts of things. So anyway, uh, that's it. I'm going to get out of here. Uh, go ahead and stick around. Uh, keep your eyes tuned. Keep your, uh, your subscription thingies tuned to uh, this feed for Going Ultra. I'm going to be uh, covering the rest of Ultraman Z next. Uh, somewhere between now and the end of Z, I will put out that uh, Cyber Squad um, episode. I'm just going to, I think I'll watch like two or three more and then I'll just talk about it generally because uh, I believe the whole SSSSS part comes from the fact that they, they made that show and Subaraya was in partnership with the producers of that show. I kind of think it was made on the ABC network as opposed to like Fox. So, you know, like Saban wasn't involved. It was a, a different thing. And uh, anyway, you know, ABC had weird shows like Reboot and uh, not Secret World of Alex Mack. That was Nickelodeon. Um, but they had like some weirder like adventure type shows that they ran as well. So, um, you know, I believe that was, was one of them. So uh, Superhuman Samurai Squad. So anyway, um, yeah. Come, come back for that. Uh, check out Avon the Glowbug. Uh, I'm still looking for an artist. Uh, I'm getting pretty desperate. I actually started storyboarding myself. I've got like two pages done. I need to work on more though. But uh, as I've said in previous episodes, I'm busy uh, building up the homestead over here. Uh, been blessed enough to be able to have a spit of land that I can do some stuff to. So um, yeah, even, uh, yeah, I got to keep working on them. That's my number one priority besides, uh, you know, my family. It's uh, securing all that stuff. So anyway, uh, but yeah, Avon the Glowbug, it's, it's in the works. I've got other... Uh, stories to go along with that uh, children's picture books about you know inspired by tokusatsu inspired by ultraman specifically even the club book but i'll probably do or the plan is for the other two books to be inspired by common rider and super sentai and we'll see how those turn out so anyway i'm going to do them for sure um the uh the joy of the, of the creation of the art makes me happy and that's enough reason for me to do it and i'm hoping uh that people will see um the quality and the heart and uh, appreciate what i'm doing and, and be willing to participate in you know help crowdfund or uh just, you know, if I get it all done on myself, on my own, uh, you know, they'd be willing to support it and, uh, you know, they might enjoy it. So anyway, that's pretty much all I have to say. Uh, I'm going to remind you that you don't have to shout henshin to be a hero. I'm going to leave you with peace and blessings. And uh, that's pretty much it. So this is MJ signing out for now. Like I said, please uh, come back later. I, I'll have fun 
stuff for you to check out <laughs> with the Superhuman Samurai Squad. I'll even uh, drop show notes for it some at some point to say like, hey, if you want to watch it, it's over here. Go check it out. 